going to be confined to the lake of fire where he's going to burn eternally. And as a result, he's trying to tell as many people as he can so that they will go with him to the lake of fire. So if there is a, a serious battle raging on, and in this battle, no one is exempt. Right from the most holiest person to the child who has been born today, none is exempt. So today, it is this theme that I'll be preaching. The battle is the Lord's, and I'll be reading from 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 47. And I'll be reading from NIV. It says, all those here, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Praise God. Somebody say, the battle is the Lord's. Oh, I cannot hear you say, the battle is the Lord's. I don't know what battle you are engaged in, whether it's a physical battle, financial battle, battle to do with your health. No matter what battle you are engaged in, it is the Lord who is going to win the victory for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Captain of Israel, host and guide of all who seek the If you know how to sing it, join me as we sing. time for the opportunity to come and worship at your feet. We pray that, Lord God, you would walk in your word. Watch over your word to perform this morning. May your word have its way in our hearts 
May it come and accomplish the purpose for which you are sending your word. And at the end of the day, we shall have cause to give glory unto your name sublime. Amen. Amen. So the Bible describes life as a battle or even as a struggle or as a warfare. Either way you want to describe it. It's a warfare which is accomplished until life on earth is accomplished. That means from cradle to the grave, the battle rages on. If you go to Hartford Hospital, look at a newborn baby just being born, lying in the, innocently in that cradle, you know that they are born into a world and, and she or he has been enlisted in the battlefront. So in this battle, or in this struggle, Apostle Paul described it as in Ephesians 6.12 that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of this evil, of evil in the heavenly realms. That is NIV. It says this, this battle, it is a struggle. But the New King James Version described it as a wrestle. So it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So this battle or this struggle, we can compare it to a wrestling match. For those of you who, who have been watching wrestling you know, as, as a sport, it is a man-to-man, -man it's a physical combat. It's not my favorite sport because when I watch it, it's... That, you know, they hold you, they want to break your neck, they twist your arm, he will jump high, and with that 300 pound, he, want, he wants to smash you. I mean, how many people enjoy watching it? I, I am not a fan of wrestling. <laughs> that is how life is. So Apostle Paul is likening the struggle of life to a wrestling match. And the intention is to hurt your opponent. And that is what the devil is out to do. He says we wrestle against authorities, against powers of this dark age, against spiritual hosts of weakness in the heavenly places. So in this battle, some are recent recruits. Others are in the middle of the battle, standing at the very forefront in the hottest battle with marks on their bodies to show. If you've been in a battle for long, you have, but if you have marks on your body to show. As Apostle Paul was saying that, I said, from now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. He said that in Galatians chapter 6, verse 17. He said, let nobody trouble me, because I bear the marks. He wants the marks to speak for himself. Because that time, this man has been, he's gone to preach the gospel in a, a, a town called Lystra in Derby. And they, they, they beat him up to the point that he was left for dead. So the people were satisfied that he was dead, and then they left him. And then after that, the disciples, the people that he went to preach the gospel to, they came, they surrounded, they, you know, they surrounded around him, and then they prayed for him. And then he was able to come back to life. So, I mean, there were, there were marks all over his body to show. That is what he's saying, that let no, no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, others are nearing the end of this battle. So, some people are beginning, 
Some people are in the middle. Some people are also nearing the end of this battle. Soon for them, the trumpet is going to sound for a recall for them to go home and go and rest. And that God is going to tell them, well done, good and faithful servant, because you have been faithful in this. Come and rest and receive your reward. So we, there are people at different stages of this battle. Those who are currently, who have just come to know the Lord. Those who have been born. Others are almost at the end of, of, of this battle. And they are just waiting for the trumpet call to go home. Hallelujah. So for the, new, for the newborn babe to the elderly, there is no exemption. And in this warfare, there is no discharge. In the military, you go to, the, you go to serve in the military and then... You are discharged, like our Deacon Gideon can testify to that. But in this battle, this warfare, this struggle, there is no discharge. From the day you were born to the day you draw your last breath on this earth, you are drafted to the forefront of the battle, the, of the struggle. No one can substitute for you and take your place. Nobody can substitute for you your, your dad. As, as good intention that he may have about you, he cannot be able to take your place for that battle. Your mother, as loving and caring as your mother is, she cannot be able to stand in your place and fight for you. It is a battle that you must stand in the forefront and fight this battle. Hallelujah. You see, in the American Civil War, a drafted man could be released from service by paying the sum of $300 for a substitute. But in this battle of life, uh, the gold of this land cannot purchase you as a, your substitute. Even in the Vietnam War, some people could you know, ask for deferment. Some can even go to a doctor and get some frivolous doctors, uh, you know, exemption. My foot is hurt, so they will be exempt. But in this battle of life, you cannot be exempted. You just have to go to the forefront and do this battle. Praise God. And no one, no one is impervious. I mean, nobody is capable of being damaged or harmed to the devil's spiritual attack. That means nobody is impregnable. Everybody will be, I mean, is vulnerable. You cannot say that, as for me, no, the devil cannot, you know, do me no, no harm. No, nobody is impervious. There is no super spiritual shield that protects us in the times that we're living in. We see countless examples throughout the scripture. From Job, examples of Job that we heard this morning. God allowed the enemy to afflict Job. I mean, from the crown of his hair to the sole of his feet, he was afflicted with boils. He lost all his possessions. Even his friends de de denied him. His wife even told him to, hey, why don't you just deny God and just die? There is no use for you no more. God had allowed him to go through. And by God's own testimony, there is nobody as righteous, as blameless, a man of integrity as, as Job. Yet God allowed him to pass through all these, these attacks, spiritual attacks. They were spiritual attacks because it was being inflicted by Satan. He lost his possession, his health from crown of his head. To the extent that one day he said he, he, he cursed the day that he was born. Have you gotten to that point before? But what happened? In the end, God was able to rewrite the story of Job. Praise God. From Job to Joseph to Elijah to Paul and many more. 
They had all their fair share of external spiritual attack. And that is why Paul charged Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. And that is why I'm here to encourage you this morning to fight the good fight of faith. Praise God. Say after me, fight the good fight of faith. Yeah, First Timothy chapter 6 verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Why, why, what makes it a good fight? Because we are on the winning side. Hallelujah. Say that I am on the winning side. I am on the winning side. Praise God. You see, the devil has a plan of attack. He has a goal. And his goal is to destroy your body, your soul, and your spirit, and your mind. Or even to destroy all three. We saw that in the, in, in the case of Job. Destroy his body, his soul. He, he was broken in spirit. Yeah, so he has a goal. He has a plan. He has a deliberate, willful plan against your life. I mean, he has a goal to destroy your body, your soul, your mind. And he also has a purpose in doing this. So what is the purpose of Satan in attacking us spiritually? Why? Number one, to prevent God's purpose from you. God has a purpose for your life. And Satan doesn't want that purpose to be accomplished. He wants to deny the glory that, that he might receive from your life. The glory that God might receive from your life. Because at the end of the day, once Job's story was rewritten and God restored to him all the things that he had lost, glory was given to God. Satan doesn't want God to receive that glory. So he will fight tooth and nail to, de to deny God that glory that is due God. He wants that glory to come to him. Ultimately, the third one is he wants to destroy you. So the devil seeks to replace God with himself in your life. So know that. He seeks to replace himself with God in your life. So the devil desires to destroy what you have, your possessions. He wants to destroy your career. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your reputation in the church. He will destroy your reputation in the community. He seeks to destroy who you are, demolish your character. He seeks to destroy your peace, your joy, your happiness, enthusiasm for life. To the extent that you say that, well, as for, there is no point in me living. Probably I might as well go home and take some, some pill and then just commit a suicide. He wants to deny you the order, the peace, the joy, the happiness, the enthusiasm of life. That is why the Bible says, the, the thief does not come but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Praise God. You see, the devil has attacked every believer who has ever lived. Know that. So if you are going through spiritual attacks, don't say that, oh, why, why me? The devil has attacked every spiritual believer who has ever lived. From the chairman of the Church of Pentecost to the, I mean, to the one who has just come to know the, to the Lord. So, the, so and, and, and he, uh, as long as you are alive and the devil exists, you are going to experience spiritual attacks. So to be forewarned is to be what? Forearmed. As long as you exist, and the devil exists, you are going to experience spiritual attacks. So what is, how is, the, what is the nature of the satanic attack? A satanic attack is deliberate. 
It is willful. It's intentional. And it is well-designed act intended to bring harm to a person in any way. It is intentional. It is deliberate. It is well-designed act intended to bring harm to a person in any way. Physical, mental, emotional, economic, relational, or spiritual. So Satan attacks often surround external circumstances. Number one, illness. He will inflict you with illness, as we saw in the case of Job, with injury, with assault, physical attack associated with surgery. He will afflict, take away your job, a loss of a job. You show up one day for work, one day only to be told that in the next 60 days your job is going to be eliminated or your position will be eliminated. It has happened to me before. A sudden drop in the value of your financial portfolio. Maybe you have invested money in this Bitcoin that people are doing, and one day you wake up and it has just taken a tumble, boom, and all your investment gone through the tube. Betrayal by a friend. Or even your wife could one day wake up and say, look, listen, I want out of this marriage. Divorce papers from a spouse. Joe's wife told him the same thing. He said, just deny God and die. There's no use for you in this house no more. Or there may be some natural catastrophe, like a flood or fire, destroying your, your home or any of the wide variety of attacks that might threaten our bodies, our finances, our relationships, careers, or material possessions. So external strikes by the enemy can never be avoided 100% of the time. The devil has the power to trip us up, inflict harm upon us, and cause evil to adversely affect us. He has that capacity to do that. So the greater question is not what can we do to avoid the attacks from the enemy, but how are we to respond to such attacks? when they do come? That is the greater question. Because we are, it says it is unavoidable. So how can, what can we do to avoid such attacks when they do come? The way in which we respond to the enemy's attacks determine whether, one, our faith will be strengthened or weakened. The way you are going to respond to physical attacks when they do inevitably happen is whether your faith will be strengthened or it will be weakened. On the one hand, you may be strengthened by all the afflictions and all the trials and, and the tribulations and the temptations that you're going through. They have the capacity to lift, to increase your faith when you come through at the other end. Or if you are unfortunate, you come through the other side, you say, no, this God is, is not faithful God. I want out of here. I'm not going to worship him no more. So two things can happen. Number one, your faith can be strengthened. Or on the other hand, your faith could be weakened. Number two, our witness of Christ's power and presence in our lives. Will it be greater or it will be lesser? Our witness for Christ. Because when you go through certain things, people may question your, 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 your Christianity, your loyalty. Because it happened to be before. So I, I remember some time ago when we used to, Mami Kofa remember this, when we used to worship at that uh, Glastonbury place and 
that time I had just joined the church and I, I was living by myself in, in an apartment building and I was working second shift. I would come home midnight. So one day I came home from work and I seen that police had surrounded my house and I was wondering just why. I mean, they were throwing flashlight and I was throwing flashlight back at them because I was going to my house. So they say, hey, no, we are police, so let down your flashlight. I said, but I live here. They say, okay, we are sorry to inform you that thieves have broken into your house and we got here late. They have cleaned the whole place up. So when I came to, I mean, the, the, some of the, 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 the people that we fellowship with, there was one, of, one, one, of, one a particular one among them who used to pray with me, was asking me, he said, Steve, you might be able to, you, you need to check your life. Probably there's something wrong because why would God allow your house to be cleaned like this? So check your Christianity. Maybe you are doing something, some kululu, something, your life may not be straight. So check it out because a Christian should not go through a hardship such as you're going through. So it reminded me of the trouble that Job was having when his straight friends came to say, Job, no, no, check your Christianity. Check your, check your, your work with the Lord. See, when people say things like that, it shows that their, their lack of understanding of biblical things and of adversity. That is why, you know, messages like this can help build us up so that you can have a spiritual perspective when you do go through this, that there's nothing wrong with you. Anybody is going to go through that. Can I have a witness here in the house? Or oh, give a clap of friend for the Lord Jesus. And the third, the third thing is God will receive greater or lesser glory or praise. See, so the way in which you respond to the enemy's attack determines one, whether your faith will be strengthened or it will be weakened. Whether your witness for Christ's power will be in your in Christ's power and his presence in your life will be greater or lesser. And third thing is whether God will receive greater or lesser glory or praise. And number four, whether unsafe people will be more inclined or less inclined to trust in Jesus. Because when some people see that you've gone through some difficult times, some surgery, you were not expected to come through some serious accident, you know, you've gone through some bad times and, and they, they, they threw it all, they see how you handled yourself. They, say, they come to you, they say, how did you do it? And they get to know that it's, nothing, it's nobody else but the Lord God Jesus that you rely on. They say, okay, then I'll follow you to, to the church, to the Jesus that you worship. Hallelujah. So the encounter between David and Goliath offers us a great lesson in how to respond to attacks or threats of attacks by the devil. You know, I mean, for the sake of time, 1 Samuel 17, 4 to 11, he can project it on the board. First Samuel uh, 17, 4 to 11. The Bible described um, Goliath as a champion who went out from the camp of the Philistines and named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits. And uh, that is over nine feet. So Goliath is a champion. That means he's a warrior. He's a fighter. His structure, he was about, his structure was quite intimidating, over nine feet tall the tallest man in the room if he were to be here. So this giant Goliath, who is a Philistine, he was always teasing the Israelites and challenging them to one-on-one -on -one combat. But Saul and all Israel were dismayed and they were greatly afraid of him. 
Obviously, they were afraid of the physical danger that Goliath posed. They look at his, his structure, he's nine feet tall, he's a warrior, he's a champion, he's a fighter, he's been tried and he's been proven, he's been tested. So nobody there goes stand before him. So they were all terrified from the king all the way down to the ranks and the whole people. Everybody was frozen. That is what fear can do. So, so what, what happened? It is uh, this giant Goliath, who is a Philistine, taunted the Israelites and challenged them. Saul and all the people were dismayed and greatly afraid of him. Obviously, they were afraid of his physical danger that he possesses. So is there anything right now that is causing you fear and anxiety? Is there something, probably it could be real, sometimes too it is perceived. So if so, then we pray that God will strengthen you and make you courageous. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Because even as the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt, and the, and, the, and the Egyptians were following in hot pursuit, they got to the Red Sea, and then they look at it. They were surrounded by mountains left and right. They couldn't go back because the enemy was in hot pursuit. And then the Red Sea was right in front of them. So the people were crying. They were telling Moses, why did you, you know, not allow us to stay where we were? Stay put over there in Egypt. Why did you bring us here to die? So the Moses cried to the Lord. And then the, the angel of the Lord told Moses that, says, do not be afraid. The Egyptians that you are seeing today, the Egyptians you are seeing today, you are not going to see them tomorrow. He says, stand still and see the deliverance that God is going to give unto you. The Lord is going to fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Praise God. So that is what I came here to tell you that the Egyptians you are seeing today, the diseases that is frightening you, the money, the, the marital issues causing you anxiety, all the trouble, the corona and whatever, giving you sleepless night. You are seeing today, you are not going to see them again tomorrow. For the Egyptians you see today, you shall not see them no more forever. The Lord is going to fight for you. May the Lord fight for you. Be strong and courageous. The enemies today, they shall be put to rest. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, Goliath succeeded in frightening all the men of Israel who recognized the risk and they ran away. All the men of Israel, they saw the man and they fled away. You see, it is all about perspective. Somebody say it is all about perspective. You see, these Israelites, including the king, they were looking at this giant. The same physical structure, imposing structure that David was also looking at. So when they look at him, they see a giant. But David looks at him, he sees that this is a mortal man. This is nobody. This is a man who has, who, who has despised the name of the Lord. I am able to take him down because it is not me who is going to fight. The Lord is going to fight on my behalf. He said that today, I am going to defeat you. I am going to kill you so that people will know that there is a God in Israel. Oh, somebody lift your hands and begin to praise the name of the living God. 
Because David knew that as he stepped forward to do the battle, it is not him who is going to do the battle. It is not by might. It is not by his power. It is by the spirit of the most high God. The Lord is going to fight your battles for you. Whatever the battles that you are going through, whether you are fighting battles with the health, with cancer, with diabetes, with blood pressure, with whatever the name that can be named, may God fight that battles for you. Whether you are fighting battles with home foreclosure, may God fight that battles for you. May the God of yesteryears, who is the same faithful God today, may he fight that battle for you. David told them, he says, I have been fighting. I can trust my God. His faithfulness is forever sure. Even while I was a child tending my father's sheep in the, in the woods, a, a, a lion will come and take one of the room and I will go and grab that the lamb from the mouth of the of the lion. The same God. He says, that's that same God. Somebody say, that same God. That same God who helped me to fight against the lion. He's going to give me the power to be able to fight against this Goliath. Today, I am going to defeat this Goliath. Praise God. Victory is yours. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So there are some factors that are responsible for David's, go David's victory. I'll quickly run over them and then we shall pray. Number one, David had a heart for God. He had a heart for God. A heart to seek God and his face always. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 1, verse 10 and 11. He had a heart for God. He says he will forever see God every day in the morning forevermore. So if you want to be victorious in this battle, you have to have a heart of God. You have to draw closer to God in prayer, in worship. Draw closer to him and he will draw closer to you. Seek his face forevermore. And then in the time of need, he is going to be there for you. Glory be to the name of the Lord. David says, glory in his name. Let the hearts of those who rejoice, let them seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength, his face forevermore. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. The second thing about this, the, the strategy for defeating the devil is David had a zealous and a deep concern for the honor and reputation of the Lord God of Israel. He has a deep concern for the reputation, the name and the reputation of God. Because he saw this, this, this he calls him uncircumcised uh, Philistine. You know, defaming the name of the Lord, despising the name of the Lord and the armies of Israel. He said, let anybody come and face me. So David was in there. Who is this guy who is defaming God? Who is despising the name of the Lord? Because he had that zeal for the Lord, that the name of the Lord should not be put in disrepute. So he said, who is this guy? So it is this some, that motivated him to step forward and go and fight that man because he says, this man, he recognized that Goliath was defying not just the armies of God, but the Lord God Almighty. David's courage was fed by his desire to defend God's honor. So it is up to you and I to defend the honor and the name of God. The third thing that is responsible for David's success is that one, David's confidence in the Lord's power had been strengthened he knew of God's faithfulness in the past. As the song that we were just singing, 
His faithfulness forevermore. His name is forevermore because of his faithfulness. The same God who was faithful to you, the same God who delivered you, the same God is going to deliver you tomorrow. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he's the same forevermore. His faithfulness is forever sure. Bible says his faithfulness reaches up to the skies. Somebody lift your hands and begin to give thanks unto the most high God. The third thing responsible for David's confidence, David's success is that David's confidence in the Lord's power had been strengthened. That was the third thing. The fourth one is David trusted not in himself. He didn't trust in himself, but in the Lord to win the victory over Goliath and the Philistines. Because the, the text that we read, it says, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, oh, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, go, son, may the Lord be with you. Oh, may the Lord be with you. May he strengthen you. May the Lord, the same Lord who delivered you, when people counted you down and out, when people thought that you were not going to bounce back, today when they see you, they see the hand of God, and they say that this is the finger of God. This is the finger of God. This is the handiwork of the Lord. And it is wonderful in our sight. Some people trust in chariots. Some people trust in horses. But our trust is in the name of the Most High God. He is the captain of the host of Israel. Somebody lift your voice and begin to give him praise. It is God who is going to fight for you. Yes, yes, yes. It's all about your perspective. So what do you see when you see that trouble? Do you see that trouble or you see that God is standing by your side and that you are not alone as you are fighting the challenges? When you are going to do surgery and then the doctors, they lay you out on the table and then they split you open. They put you to sleep. It is your, 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 all your, your faith is in the hands of God. Is that right? So that when God is with you in the theater, you know that you are coming back to life. You are coming back to life because you are not alone. So it is all about perspective. So what do you see, beloved, this afternoon? Even as you see your challenges, do you see that it is you alone with nobody, no helper? Or you see the, the, the rock of ages, Jesus Christ, who is the rock who is with you in that battle. Praise God. And then the fifth thing is, do not be discouraged by the people's criticism. Because people will criticize you. People will try to discourage you. Because even as David attempted to go and fight this Goliath, he was facing criticism and attacks from his own brothers. His own senior brother by, oldest, by the name of Eliab. He was burning with anger. Say, hey, go home. What do you want from here? When God has appointed David to come and defend the honor of his name, when God, David was on a mission, you got somebody very close to him, trying to tell him to discourage him, trying to shut him down. Tell, tell somebody, I am unstoppable. I am unstoppable. I am unstoppable. Once you have prayed about that decision, no matter who, and then you know that you are doing what is right. It could be your spouse. It could be your, your boss. It could be whoever. They may, the, the enemy may try to use them as an agent to try and dissuade you for a worthy cause. But say, I, am, I will not be discouraged. I am unstoppable. So that he, he didn't allow, the, the, I mean, his brothers, 
So in this spiritual warfare, people may try to discourage you with negative comments or mockery, but continue to do what you know what is right. Continue to do what you know is right. And by doing what is right, you'll be pleasing God. You'll be pleasing God. Because it is only God's opinion that matters. Others' opinions, that is not to say that when people give you advice, you don't take them. But you have to weigh those advices and then talk to the Lord. Go to the Lord in prayer. Even the presidents themselves, they have so many advices surrounding, advices surrounding them. They seek advice from all the, the, the advices. But at the end of the day, they go into their bedchamber and then they weigh all those advices and then they take the one which is prudent. Because at the end of the day, they are responsible for the advices that they take. So beloved, when you are determined if you are a leader of the church, you are a leader of your household, you are a leader of an organization, you are a leader of your family, know that sometimes you may have to face criticisms. But if you want to bow down to all criticisms, you may not be able to get nothing done. That as David, he says, I am going for it. I'm going to cut down the man. And true, true, he was able to cut him down. May the Lord be with you and may the Lord strengthen you. And the last thing that I want to talk about is the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. When David was, when they, Samuel anointed David as king, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, says, Samuel took horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Somebody say, And the Spirit of the Lord. Oh, let's say it again. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So from that day forward, that day he was anointed, that power of God, the anointing of God, the anointing to break yokes, it came upon David so that it made him fearless. It made him unstoppable. He was able to win so many battles. So even as I bring my message to a close, we are saying that, the, the, even as Zerubbabel said, he says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Every mountain shall be brought low. Every mountain shall be brought low. Every mountain shall be removed. May the Lord remove every opposition that is standing in your way. May every opposition be overthrown in the name of Jesus. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall be able to prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against you, may the Lord condemn them. May the Lord condemn them. May the Lord condemn them. In the name of Jesus. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. May the Lord strengthen you. May the Lord lift you up. May the Lord lift you succeed where others have failed. May the Lord make you the head and not the tail. From this day forward and forevermore, say that I am more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. I am a victor. I am a victor in the name of Jesus. Let's be on our feet. This mountain shall be removed. This mountain shall be removed. If you can lift your hands with me, this mountain shall be removed by my soul. This is.